Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Episode number 15 of NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, is here for another week on the Motor Racing Network. I'm Chris Wilner from the Charlotte, North Carolina studios, just north of Charlotte and Concord. Kyle Ricky, my trusty co-host once again up at Stafford Motor Speedway. Kyle, uh, boy, Mother Nature certainly won a few rounds here this week across the country. Many rainouts, but still some great racing going on. But unfortunately, you guys had to stay still uh, this weekend. So what, what'd you do to pass the time? Well, here's the thing. We were on this front where Stafford's here, the rain is here, but it could push North that extra 10 miles at any point, And the temperature dropped a ton on Friday night. So they made the decision to pull the plug and we'll try it again this week where it's going to be 81 degrees or something on Friday. So, uh, we just, we're going to skip spring. We're going to jump right into summer uh, and fortunately, we weren't the only racetrack, or unfortunately, we weren't the only racetrack to not have a show. Uh, most of the New England racetracks pulled the plug because of the weather front that came through here, Riverhead Raceway in Long Island. Uh, Seekonk Speedway had their season opener planned for this past Sunday. They did not run. Uh, and then it goes further south. You know, Bowman Gray, they didn't run. Uh, they tried. Uh, they yeah. got everyone there, I believe, and, and pulled the plug right before the features. So, yeah, Mother Nature, not very kind. And also, it's windy. Uh, I think 55-mile-an-hour wind gusts, so it's been crazy up here. Yeah, we had some of that, too, this weekend. Obviously, with Bowman Gray being rained out, we had tornado warnings coming through the Charlotte area yeah. on Friday. I mean, it was it was pretty gnarly. So, unfortunately, you know, not a whole lot to talk about, but the big series that ran this week did get to race under bright, sunny skies as we recap this past week, as we're already looking ahead to this weekend, and we'll start with that North-South Super Late Model Challenge out there at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, one of the coolest racetracks, obviously hosts the All-American 400 every year. Fairgrounds packed it up and packed the house with fans, and boy, the Super Late Models did a good job, but, you know, Mr. William Byron just, you know, cherry picks, comes out of the Cup Series, and I feel like every time he does, he wins, and sure enough, he won the North-South Challenge in, in pretty thrilling fashion actually over Steven Nashy giving Nassi giving him a little bit of a bump and run there with a couple laps to go Kyle a thrilling race to watch certainly one of the marquee events to win uh, each and every year a good field part of a uh, a stacked lineup of racing at Nashville over yeah. the weekend uh, but but yeah I don't think when you see William Byron on the lineup and we've seen what he's been able to do this year already uh winning at New Smyrna winning at I think he won it he went to Hickory a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, you know, he's one of two multi-time cup winners this year and at the biggest on the biggest stage of stock car racing. So whenever you see him in the lineup, uh, you know he's going to be a factor, and he was. But you're right, a thrilling race with, again, another one of the bests in, in Stephen Nassie and uh, several other big names up there in the top five looking to contend. But unfortunately for them, it was uh, the cup star getting the checkered flag. Yeah, and he had a 
rebound a little bit. He restarted uh, in the third spot uh, with about 11 laps to go, spun the tires and had to drive back through the field or through the top two, and he did so with about three laps to go. And But it all started with a big opening lap crash. I think it was Albert Francis got all sorts of sideways there in the front row, and like 10 cars just absolutely pancaked him. And uh, melee here to start uh, at Nashville Fairground Speedway. But nevertheless, William Byron wins and pretty much announced officially he'll be running back at the Snowball Derby, which why wouldn't he? Because he's about winning every time he's on the racetrack. So pretty interesting uh, turn of events. Is He kind of flirted with the idea, I think, when he first got in the Donnie Wilson machine. But certainly now, you know, winning a third race this year and only, I think, four starts, uh, why not go try the Derby again, right? And that's big, uh, especially for, for Five Flags. They already have him committed to the event, uh, a driver that will probably be running for the NASCAR Cup Series Championship this year. He's obviously qualified in the playoffs, and it wouldn't surprise me if he makes it to the Final Four. And uh, anything can happen at Phoenix in November. And, and to have a driver either that is running for the title or the current Cup champion, part of that event uh, – uh, adds even more to it if you can even add more prestige to that race uh, one of the great short track races in this country yeah hey, i'll be curious to see who else joins him uh, later on this year when they start to mm-hmm. really roll in the entry list uh, so we mentioned steven nassi finished second jet nolan to top three casey roderick a top four sammy smith rounding out the top five we also had pro late models dylan fetcho yep. getting the win there and there was melee for second behind him uh, i believe cole williams got it over casey roderick but again the pro late models putting up just as good of enough of a show as the super late models did uh there at nashville past late models way up north in maine at oxford Plains. the rain didn't get that far north huh the rain didn't get no that far it, north. if it did it'd probably be snow because let's be honest that part of the country whew, but oxford plains a beautiful racetrack uh, the past late models again there. Cole Butcher out of Nova Scotia. So coming down from Canada, won his first super late model race there at the track. Two engine changes, Kyle. Not one, but two, and he still got it done. Got it done and was able to hold off some big names behind him. You had Johnny Clark, uh, one of the winningest drivers in the Pro All-Star Series history, uh, finishing in second. DJ Shaw, a second-generation driver. Uh, that has also found his fair share of success that is in third. A great field for the past teams uh, right in the middle of a busy stretch for them. Uh, good field. I believe almost 40, 41 cars took the green flag. Uh, a wild race, as you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, Colt picking up the checker flag. Then we dealt with Mother Nature, Bowman Gray. Cars Tour was was postponed or will be postponed from Ace Speedway at a later date once they announce that. So a couple other big series not running as well. But uh, we go back to Nashville, and that's where we had ARCA East, the Music City 200, uh, back in action. Again, ARCA hadn't been running really in a while, uh, making their return after three races in the season. And boy, Nashville, again, did not disappoint for one driver. Uh, his name's Sammy Smith. Everybody else just trying to fight for second because what the heck? It, can anybody stop this guy, Kyle? I mean, we saw Taylor Gregg yep. basically be the only one to deny him a four straight victories to start the year, but I feel like he's got this Arca East series pretty much wrapped around his finger at this point. He does, and there's only three races left. And yeah. he has three wins of the four events run thus far. I thought Taylor Gray would be the driver to stay with him, but Jake Finch, I believe, surprised a lot of people uh, by not only winning the pole, but also leading the first 45 laps of, of the 200-lap event. I think we thought, okay, you know, Jake could give – Sammy a run for his money here, but not to be the case. Sammy took the lead, and off he went after that. Uh, led 
the final 155 laps of the event to, to claim yet another win. No surprise. Taylor Gray finishing third. Mason Mingus. We haven't talked much yeah. about Mason these last couple of years. A good top five finish for Mason and uh, Leland Honeyman rounding out the top five. So Sammy Smith has a nine-point championship lead there in that KBM Toyota. Like Kyle mentioned, three races to go. Nine points, though. Seems like it should be a lot more. You still think somebody could can make a run here, especially uh, I think a couple good tracks for Taylor Gray may be coming up. Yeah, uh, Taylor's going to be the driver that makes the run. He's the only one within reach right now. Leland Honeyman, third in points, 25 back. I think, I don't know, Sam. I think Sammy's going to have to miss <laughs> a race. Or, or yeah. you get a big field at an Iowa or a Milwaukee. Uh, most likely, you know, you'll you'll get big car counts there. Bristol, the season finale. And something would have to happen to, to Sammy, a mechanical issue where he finishes outside of, say, the top 15. Um, outside of that, um, it's going to be tough to catch. Kyle mentioned June 11th. That's the next time the Arca East is in action. Again, Iowa Speedway, the second race of the Sioux Chief Showdown race, too. So a little added championship within a championship to keep an eye on. But again, a big break for them June 11th at Iowa. All right, Kyle, shout-outs of the week before we talk to one of the Arca Menard Series drivers actually leading the National Point Series Raja Kruth, he joins us in a minute. But shout-out for the week for me is going to be Brian Kruchek, dominating win in the Granite State Pro Stock Series, the team's hometown track, Star Speedway, and a good job for him. Uh, another driver we don't get to talk a lot about way up in the Granite State, but doing a good job in the Pro Stock Series. And then I want to give a shout-out to Landon Huffman. Uh, we've, we've I think, had him on the show, or Kyle, you've had him on the show before, running uh, Twin 40s again up at Hickory Motor Speedway. Uh, leading the points, and I think he's 12th nationally, too, and he's doing it all in a backup car after absolutely junking his late model stock a couple weeks ago. Basically took his limited late model, converted it into a late model stock, and has been tearing it up ever since, picking up a sweep of the wins two weeks ago and then getting a top pair of top fives uh, this past weekend. So shout-out to Landon Huffman and Huffman Racing. Kyle, any shouts on your end? Yeah, I just uh, mentioned him a moment ago. 17-year-old Jake Finch, the son of longtime car owner in the in the NASCAR world, James Finch, uh, getting his feet wet in the Arkham Menard series and uh, running well last weekend at Nashville. Uh, surprised a lot of people, and I think uh, you know he's got good equipment, and I think he's going to be, if not contending for the title this year, I believe he's already missed a race. Uh, no doubt it's going to be a uh, name that we'll be talking about here for years to come. So great run. For Jake, uh, I think surprised a few people over the weekend, leading all those laps early, winning the pole, and uh, getting a career best second place finish to Sammy Smith, Nashville Fairground Speedway. All right, coming up, our first of two guests. Yes, a double dose of guests here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Raja Karuth is on the other side of the break, our Arkham Menard Series national point leader, a big season for Raja. And then we'll visit with Katie Hedinger, who picked up a win out at Hickory Motor Speedway a couple weeks ago on her rise in the late model division. That's all coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. A special guest joining us in studio. It's Raja Karuth, Mr. Double Duty, with part-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, as well as Rev Racing with the Arc Menard Series, our points leader 
here coming into Kansas. Uh, welcome to the show, man. You've had a heck of a start to your year. Thanks, Chris. Um, I'd say this year has been all right. I definitely want – I've wanted more. Like, as a competitor, obviously, you want to win every race, but that's not realistic. So, I think this year, honestly, it ha couldn't have gone better, I think. It could have gone a lot worse. But at, up until this point, I feel pretty, pretty happy with how it is now. But by any means, not concerned. Chris mentioned you're the point leader, three events in at Daytona, Phoenix, and Talladega. What do you attribute that to? I mean, you just said it could go better, and you're right. You could have three wins and have a perfect year. But outside of that, you are leading the standings heading to Kansas this weekend. What's uh, What do you attribute this early success to? Well, Kyle, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I mean, Chevy has, has came on this winter and supported Rev and committed to a, at least the next two years. And that's awesome because I've been able to reap some of the benefits for that with working with, with Josh Weiss and Scott Speed. Um, with, um, I guess, efficient or being more efficient as a driver, excuse me. Um, and that's really helped along with Brad Parrott being my crew chief now moving forward. He's been a big help. Chris Lambert's my spotter for all the companion races, another big help. A lot of great people are, are aiding me in my development as a driver. Um, I guess we could just go through the races, I, I guess, right? Each yeah. Race. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so I mean, Daytona. Let's, do, let's break it down. Yeah, Daytona, like, it was uh, finished 11th. Um, that race, I was just kind of like, <sighs> like, first. It's a lot. Yeah, first plate race, obviously, start of the year, cameras and everywhere and stuff. Um, but to come out of that one, pretty, pretty good. Obviously, the 43 got good points that race. Um, but being my first plate race, not really know what I was doing, to be honest. Um, I mean, that couldn't have asked for really anything better, I think, to, to go there and not tear up stuff and, and go with the car that we made faster for the next race. Phoenix, um, we ran, honestly ran fifth the whole day and then was able to take advantage on late race restarts. Um, got up to second, but I think kind of, I'd never been in that spot before. So I think I needed to have that bad experience of what not to do on, on a green white checkered has, is going to help me moving forward. So fourth there and then at six at Dega, kind of being up front late at the plate race, you can't, you you don't know what to expect, so now I kind of know moving forward, like how to how to address it, how to go about it. Um, but I think Kyle, to answer your question, it it just comes down to consistency. Um, Daniel, unfortunately, you know, wrecked at at Talladega, but he ran second at Phoenix and um, fourth to third at Daytona. You know, and Nick had a flat tire at Daytona, but wins Dega sixth or seventh at Phoenix. So um, I think it just puts emphasis on, you know, risk or not risk management, but um, just getting to the end of the races and, and not compounding mistakes. While the season is still relatively young, I think it's safe to say it's been a breakout year in terms of just driving literally everything. I think you're supposed to be running at Millbridge in a micro. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we, we mentioned the, the Alpha Prime racing with the Xfinity Series, the Arc Menard Series. How have you handled all the pressure and the eyeballs on you as it's kind of been a breakout year? You've got a lot of people talking about you now. Well, to be honest, man, that's not... I mean, I don't consider it pressure. I've had that for my entire driving career for the last however many years, four, five years. I don't consider it pressure. It's it's not like, you know, I'm trying to, like, pay rent or get food <laughs> on the table. Yeah. Like, it's – I got to – pressure is not having the chance. Like, I have the chance to go out and, and drive, period. So I don't feel any pressure. And um, I feel like I can just work as hard as anybody and, and outwork anybody and – really just let the resu results speak for themselves. Um, I think my goals for this year, um, I just it's hard to set 
numbers for finishing because, you know, the field changes every week or things are out of your control. It's not like basketball where you can go drop a 40-point triple-double and, sure. you know, carry your team to, to the playoffs, right? You, you can't necessarily do that. You have those moments in racing, but as a whole body of work over a season, you can't do that because you can't, you know, you can't be the, the point guard and take over the game. So I think to answer your question, I don't feel any pressure whatsoever. I just see an opportunity to work, continue to work hard and show what I got. And several, and several opportunities. opportunities. So we, we, we've obviously, obviously talked, talked a lot about, about you in the Art series, series, uh, series, the National Series, and, and in the East, East series. series. And you made your NASCAR, NASCAR Xfinity, Xfinity Series debut, debut a couple, couple weeks, weeks ago at Richmond. Richmond. What was what that experience, experience like with Tommy, Tommy Joe Martin? Martin's? Kyle, honestly, the least stressful part was the driving. Everything else was, was stressful because I definitely <laughs> had, like, a test that week. I drove to Richmond from school on Thursday. I had an iRacing Road to Pro race that night, which I won, which is great. And then – um, had more homework got to do on Friday night. So it was just, everything was so, it was a lot going on. So now I kind of know how better to manage it moving forward. Um, but the the driving part was the least stressful, I guess, instance of it. Um, and, you know, we've finished 24th, but, I mean, my goal with that stuff is just to have quiet, solid runs and not tear up stuff and um, just make it to the end of the races and, and get laps. Yeah, Winston-Salem State University. We have to keep you in mind, like, he's still in school and he's trying to do all this. So as your calendar gets busier and busier, how do you manage all that? That's a great question because um, I'm a sophomore right now. I'm, like, an in-person, like, actual student. Luckily, the semester's over. But, like, I commute to campus. Like, I have normal class. Um, it's, it's kind of online, but, like, I still attend class. So it's going to be, I think, harder, I think, in the fall, you know, competing for a championship and, you know, doing those Xfinity races and some more races that I'm working on and, and something else. And um, I think it just puts an emphasis on time management. I'm a pretty bad – I've been a Brad procrastinator throughout high school. And, Me too. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. and uh, It worked out all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think now that puts emphasis on making sure I'm getting my work done so I'm not up late because sleep is important. Um, but, get like I said, having my priorities in order but getting my stuff done is going to help me manage, you know, I got to go to school yep. Monday, Wednesdays, but Tuesdays and Thursdays, that means I got workouts. I got to be at the race shop. I got same time, et cetera. So. See, I like, yeah, to, I like get to get stuff, stuff done, done early, early, so then I don't have to worry about, about it. it. I don't, I don't know. know. Couldn't be me. I'm, I'd like to think that way, but then I actually don't do it that bingo. way. Bingo. I'm yeah. a I'm an OT, you know, 30 minutes before it's due, I'll start. There it's a, not a bad – that's not a good habit at all. No, but you get it done. Though. It gets done. Exactly. So, okay. But does it? <laughs> barely <laughs> barely <laughs> uh coming our series, series back in action this week in the kansas, kansas speedway uh, it's, uh, a it's a very diverse schedule, schedule. we've we'll talked talk about, about it on the show, show a bunch, bunch over the years year. short, short tracks, tracks super, super speedways, speedways dirt, dirt tracks, tracks road, road courses. courses what are you, what are you looking, looking forward to most, most? Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe in turn what are you uh not necessarily looking forward to uh later this summer with some of these other races on the schedule well, Carl, I'm looking forward to every race, man, uh, to be honest. I like I that. I, I can't say, like, okay, I feel good going into this place or other place. I'll be like, eh, because then that'll somehow stun or affect my performance. Um, so, honestly, I'm excited for every race. Um, going to mile and a half for, I guess, the second and third time and going to the big tracks and learning the aero stuff and a speed, you know, that'll be fun and it'll be an adjustment. I think now I'm not. Um, for lack of better words, as nervous and scared as I was in the fall, I think, with kind of getting thrown, thrown to the wolves, so to speak. But now I feel, you know, like going to any other racetrack, going to those 
those big tracks. Um, short tracks, obviously, grew up, or I say grew up, like I didn't do it like last year or the year before. But, um, you know, late model stock stuff and legend cars, I mean, that's what you do. So that's nothing unnatural whatsoever. Um, the only adjustment is going to be the road courses and the dirt stuff. And I'm doing all I can to be prepared for those races and, and either extend my points lead or, or close the gap to it and um, maybe get some wins. And this is a show about grassroots racing. So you mentioned the legend car, the late model stock stuff. How does driving those cars help you as a driver when you you know progress through your career and get to the upper levels? I mean, it just teaches you the basics. Um, I mean, there's no no way other to do it. But also, when you race against, um, for, unfortunately, I haven't raced any car store stuff. But when you get to drive against your Justin Carrolls, your Josh Ferries, your Lane Riggs, uh, Bobby McCarty, like those caliber guys, like you. Them guys get paid and make their living yeah. going through the Virginias and the Carolinas racing those cars. So you're going against the best of the best, and you're going to learn. You're going to get beat. I haven't beat any single one of them guys, but I've learned a lot racing against them. And um, it's extremely important for a young driver to, to start in for the oval stuff to do legend cars and then late models because you learn not only you know your techniques, your basic techniques, whether it's tire management, race management, um, situational awareness, but also like etiquette. You know, like you can't drive over the back of somebody like two laps in a race just because you're faster. You can't run over somebody, period, because you're faster. Like those lessons are extremely important, in my opinion, to to learn for for younger drivers and that stuff because um, it's a lot of I think very easy for someone to go and run a ride and you know not worry about you know working on fixing it because they can just they'll pay the cat crash clause and pay what they have to fix, but. Some people don't have that luxury, and they got to work on it themselves. So I think the grassroots racing is extremely important to the sustainability of racing, period, but also from a development of a driver standpoint because you learn so much from it. Sure. Will, and you touched on it a moment ago, uh, talking about road courses and dirt tracks and trying to maintain your points lead or close the gap on points. Are you a points racer? Will you examine the, the numbers after every event, and does that change the mentality going into the next race for you? I mean, I, I see points racing as, you know, not compounding mistakes and being there at the end of every race. I mean, when I was growing up watching racing, like, for a certain period of time, Jimmy Johnson had won a championship for half the years I was alive. So, <laughs> you know, I remember, like, oh nine, like, he got wrecked by, like, Sam Hornish at, at Texas, but they go out with, with a broken car and, like, get salvage points, right? Like, you you do stuff like that to manage your day and not compound mistakes and even if stuff takes you out of it, you fight to, to get a shot at it. So um, it doesn't change my mentality whatsoever. Like, of, of course, I'm not going to be naive and, and unaware of points going into and leaving races. Um, and that'll probably factor into, like, all right, do I need, need to move this guy when either I'm racing him for points, I'm going to race him again, or um, he's not racing for points, he's doing whatever. So it's probably not my best interest to create an enemy with this guy that, you know, could take me out of a championship later. So... I think from that aspect, it may change kind of my approach in terms of racing people, but in terms of like prep and stuff like that, I mean, you points race by going out and trying to win every race. I mean, that's how you see it. Away from the racetrack, you do a lot of things. We mentioned uh, Avid iRacer. We take part mm -hmm. in the Monday Night Racing Series, and uh, it's fun sometimes. It's frustrating sometimes. the other times, but yeah. you're a, an Avid iRacer. You stream. You're big on social media. How much fun do you have on that side, not on the real racing side of things? It's a lot of fun because I can show a little bit of my personal side. Um, I think that's important as a driver to not be plain Jane Vanilla, like, um, you know, polo and forward-facing cap, you know, 
yeah. pri- private school type deal. Like it's important, I think, to not be like that because that's not the type of person I am. Right. Um. So I I have a lot of fun with with the the sim racing, with streaming, uh, with TikTok, with sharing what music I listen to. Like uh, I genuinely enjoy that. Um. Because it's part of my personality. Obviously, there's a there's a limit, right? There's oversharing, but um. I think it's it's fun. It's important to show that side of you as a driver, and like I said, it's fun and. In Monday night in particular, yeah, you know, I, I like to make it entertaining sometimes. He makes it entertaining. I'm in the back, you know, catching up uh, tr- or trying to catch up to the field, but he's usually competing for a win, so it's a lot more fun. What's on your Spotify playlist pre-race? What, what's oh your boy. tunes? Um, put me on the spot. All right, so let's see. Pre-race, I can just pull it up right now. So I don't have to. I don't. Here have we to. go. Here we go. All right, sweet. So this is what I had at at uh, at Dover. Okay. Um, East race went. Decent, you know, we broke in the Xfinity race. Um, but here we have uh, Pooh Shiesty, little baby Drake. Okay, who was um, at the Kentucky Derby? Drake. Yes. Yeah. Um, little Dirk. Um, how are you? You taking notes? You gonna add these to your list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna add them to my list. list. <laughs> sorry for sorry for this in advance, but that literally sounds like like when a when a kid's parents or uncles is like. What is that new stuff y'all are listening to? Like, hey kids, what is the groovy stuff you're listening? Yeah, I know. Exactly. I know exactly that's what you're a, talking about. That's what I was about. going for. Yeah. 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 Um, but those, that's what I listen okay. to. Uh, for that previous race. Um, that's just, you make one for every track. Uh uh-uh, uh no. Uh-uh, oh, okay. Uh-uh, I was no. gonna say that's just, dedication. Yeah. No, that's that's doing too much. Uh, yeah. I you know same kind of same kind of vibe pre race away from the racetrack. Obviously a little bit more mellow, but. You know, race day, you aren't there to make friends. So, Good point. Yeah. We've seen that time and time again. Like a like driver, driver up here once said, said, if you, you want to make friends, friends, go to go summer, summer camp. camp. Yep. We bring our friend to the racetrack. <laughs> you mentioned something, something a moment, a moment ago, ago uh, something, something called, called TikTok. TikTok. What's, what's, uh, uh, what's TikTok? Don't mind him. He's really old. Yeah, I was going to say, man, you sound mad old. <laughs> Old Kyle, I'm sorry. TikTok is how important. How important is social media these days? You touched on it a moment ago. I mean, I remember people getting Twitter was a big deal, but now like TikTok, I feel like if you're not on it, you're not keeping up with the game. Yeah, for sure. I remember when when Junior made a Twitter. Yeah, I I remember that. That was awesome. Um, I mean, like here's an example here. Like, social media is so important, especially for that, you know, 18 to 49 demographic or. Okay, for, well, for I kids for now. <laughs> Kyle, um, you're in that demographic, bud. You should probably get TikTok. Like for kids, like we are just we mindlessly scroll and scroll and scroll for hours, and we're just taking in information. But if you can get your logo on something and say, "Hey, like my account right here," I'll pull up these analytics. If okay, technology. we're just technology. But let's say for my last video, we got twenty thousand impressions. Right, that's like. Let's say I have a, a paid partnership or something with with my new sponsor Circle. Like if we do something, that means their logo gets seen twenty thousand times. Of course, twenty thousand people aren't gonna buy that product or use their but service. It's being seen. But it's being seen. Yeah. And you know how word of mouth works. Like that's going to help eventually. So, um, that's I guess that's a kind of an example. But social media is so important just because like the younger generation were scrolling mindlessly every single day. So to and take that information and see something repetitively, um, that just that adds value to it, I think. And um, at the end of the day, it, it generates profit. So. Well, we're so running you're out of time. Need to TikTok. Yeah, what's that, Kyle? You're saying, you're saying I need to get, I need to get on, on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, so you can mindlessly spend hours scrolling. 
Well, Kyle works at Stafford Motor Speedway, and I'm sure Stafford could get a TikTok. You could run it. You could do some yes. crazy videos, get yes. people out to the racetrack. Come on, Kyle. The wheels are spinning up here. Stafford has a TikTok. TikTok. I just got to figure, figure out what to do with it now. now. Mm. Well, maybe Raja can help you. Yeah, I got you. Uh, well, hey, I appreciate you coming in. Best of luck the rest of the season. I know we got Kansas coming up for Arco Winter next Xfinity start. Got uh, Pocono in the Xfinity car with Alpha Prime Racing. And nice. something else coming in the next couple of weeks so stay Ooh. tuned for that i'll have to have him tell me so we could break it on the show when that happens so uh best of luck to you that's roger caruth guys and we're going to come back on nascar coast to coast presented by flow racing after this you're watching nascar coast to coast presented by flow racing the new home of nascar roots catch the wheel and modified tour arc menard series pinties and nascar weekly tour races all season long on flowracing.com subscribe today and welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Joining us now via Zoom is the driver of the number 71 late model. Traditionally races at Hickory, but I think she's got a few more racetracks coming up on her sleeve. That is the driver of Katie Hedinger. Katie, welcome to the show. We were just talking off air. We were talking social media, all the good stuff going on. But uh, let's talk racing, because you're doing a heck of a job this year. Two wins at Hickory this year. How would you summarize uh, your 2022 season as we're just getting into mid-May at this point? Um, I think it's been pretty success successful. Um, we've definitely um, done a lot better at the start of the year than we did last year. Um, we It was kind of a rough start because I was just getting into late models and limited late models last year. Um, so we worked our way up and towards the end of the year, we finally were able to get two wins. Um, and we started this year off with two pole awards and like you said, a win at Hickory. So I think everybody on the team is pretty happy with um, our success this year. That win coming just over a week ago, part of a wild night of racing at Hickory because race number two, you started mid-pack on the invert, and I think they all wrecked on lap number one, and you had to come back up through the field, and, and you finished in the top five. How special was night for you uh, with not only a pair of top fives, but also getting that win? It was very exciting because we had gotten the pole that night, and so that kind of just everyone was excited about that. So we started on the pole and we just drove away. Um, William Salwich, um, he's my age. He started on the outside of me and every restart, we were going back and forth on it, but I had some pretty good restarts. So we were all happy with how that went. And the second race was pretty crazy. We went into turn three on the first lap and I saw them door banging. And so I was like, all right, you know, that's racing. Um, and then everything just happened and all, of a sudden I'm spun out and I look the next, I look to the left of me and my mirror is gone because the car ran over it. So it was pretty crazy, but um, we were able to get, it was just some fender bender, everything. So we were able to get it fixed up and the car was really good. So we were still able to drive back to fifth. Hickory Motor Speedway, you know, they always say it's the track where NASCAR stars are made. You look at the legends that have raced there and where they've gone in their career. How has it been for you? What do you like about Hickory? It's kind of your home track now, obviously running there pretty frequently. So what draws you to that place? And, and you know, describe the racing at Hickory uh, for fans that maybe have not been to the racetrack yet. Um, well, really, we want to go down there because Mooresville, North Carolina, like that's where all the race teams are, NASCAR. Like if you want to get your name out, that's usually where you go down, where you go down. So that's really why we went down there is to get my name out there and, just like get a feel for everything. Um, so the first couple races at the beginning of the season, we like did okay, ran mid pack, but then I won the first race and limited. 
and it was the Bobby Isaac Memorial. So it's like one of the bigger races and that just went crazy. Like phones were blown off the hook, everything. And then the following race, I won late model and I'm the youngest female to win a late model race. So then it was like phones ringing again and everything. So it's really good that we went down there because um, Hickory is such a historic track and so many people have won there and everything. Like famous drivers that have moved up like Josh Berry, who he goes back there and races every once in a while. So really wanting on to go there. So then I can be in NASCAR and people will be like, yeah, she raced at Hickory. That's awesome. You are 14, 15? Yeah, I'll, I turned 15 June 25th. Oh my God, so young. Um, but <laughs> but so much success at that young age. Um, what do your friends think of all of this for you? Um, well, they pretty much everyone, because we live in a small town, so everyone drives dirt bikes or they ride four-wheelers or do something with like motorized vehicles. Um, but no one really races late models or race cars at all. So a lot of them think it's pretty cool. All the teachers ask, they're like, where are you going this weekend or stuff like that. Actually, my best friend, Grace, she comes with us. She came this past weekend to Hickory. Um, she likes to come to the races with us. So it's really cool that she can come with me. And you're in Michigan now, right? Mm -hmm. Is that where you're based full time? Yeah. So I live here with my mom, my dad, and my two little siblings. So we fly down there. Almost every weekend last year we went mostly, but this weekend we fly down here and there. Um, we drove last weekend because I was going to race in Michigan, but it got canceled. And so my dad was like, you want to drive to Hickory? So me and my friend, we hopped in the car and we drove down there. How far of a drive is that for you guys? It was about 10 hours, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but I mean, that's still dedication, though. I mean, when you think about it, I yeah. mean, there are short tracks up in Michigan, right? I mean, I can think of Berlin off the top of my head. But mm -hmm. what kind of, you know, I guess, time management skills have you had to learn between school and obviously budgeting time to be a gone every weekend and kind of give up some of the normal kid stuff that you would do, you know, this time of your life, but have to really buckle down and make sure you're, you've got everything buttoned up so you can be able to go race down in North Carolina every weekend? Yeah, it can be challenging, um, especially with grades. Now that I'm in high school, I realize it's definitely harder than it was last year because um, a lot of things are online, but I don't have a lot of time when I'm down there because I'm usually racing or testing or going and seeing sponsors. So really, I never really have time to do my homework that I miss. Um, and then I also am an athlete, so I play a lot of sports. So I do miss some practices, but NASCAR is my goal. So I especially this year, I've realized that if I want to get there, I will have to make sacrifices. And thankfully, my family is all backing me up with it. I see you're on the varsity basketball team. Uh, mm -hmm. And usually that's a I know up here in Connecticut, it's a it's a grind of a schedule uh, between like December and March. I mean, we're talking three or four games a week must be a nice way, though, for you to bridge the gap between the two race seasons uh, during those winter months when all the tracks are closed. Yeah, that's I love sports, and so it really helps because it helps me stay in shape for race season. So I was I was actually the only freshman on both of the teams. So I didn't get as much playing time, but I still – basketball is a lot of running. Volleyball is a lot of hard work. So I was glad that I was able to, like, do something I love but also stay in shape for the thing I love the most. I'm so jealous because I wanted to be on the varsity basketball team – all throughout middle school and high school, but they told me I was too short. And well, even like though I tried to prove them wrong, I, I know. 
I shot the ball like Steph Curry, but back then, you know, they just wa- they wanted height. So, anyways, that's awesome. I, I love basketball. It's major respect for that. Um, how cool is it, though, to have drivers like Annabeth Barnes-Crump being down there in, in Hickory and this female contingency now? I mean, it's girl power is real down there in Hickory. How cool is that? Yeah, it's really cool because I know Annabeth, she's been racing there for a while, and she got that win the other weekend. And so I thought that was awesome because – Usually there's about three of us. I know Gracie Trotter goes to the races too. And last weekend we had like six girls there, like half the late model pack was girls. So I just thought that was awesome because, you know, we need more females in the sport. So. Absolutely. Is there any one in particular that you go to and, and seek advice, uh, especially last year when you were relatively new to Hickory? Um, I know last year uh, I got to know Gracie Trotter a little bit. Um, we're both kind of country and everything. So I'd see her at Steel's Arena down there watching bull riding. Um, but I mostly went to her for some questions because she's just, she's a really nice girl and she's approachable and everything. So she gave me quite a tip, quite a few tips last year. Before getting to this level where you're at now in your career, I, I saw that you used to run a, a little bit of dirt, US 24 Speedway there in Logansport, Indiana. That's actually my home track. I used to run micros there. Uh, back in like 2008, 9, 10, somewhere around in there. Uh, how much fun did you have with that kind of as a stepping stone to getting into the late models? And would you ever consider maybe doing more of it in the future? Oh, my gosh. If someone gave me the chance to run a micro, I would <laughs> jump at We have because... Millbridge right over, right across or uh, I... up the street here. I know. I loved dirt racing. It was, it was so much fun. I ran it for two years. And I, it was so much fun. My dad did it too. We went to his house to shoot out yep. and we keep, he keeps saying that we can like buy a micro and over summer we'd go race it up there. But, oh man, I love to race dirt again. I think that'd be perfect for your schedule because you can make a little bit of a extended stay, right? Cause we race during the week. So come down, run on a Tuesday night or Wednesday, stay, you know, meet some of the people down here and then go run Hickory, you know, on Saturday night. I think that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, I think so, too. And if you need a reserve driver, you've got one right here, too. So okay. I still have my helmet, my gear bag ready to go. Are you done? <laughs> Sorry, I just I thought that was cool. It was, It is. It is. But you never asked me to drive with you. Yeah, well, I, I haven't seen you drive yet. We've, se- we've seen her drive, Kyle. GoPro Motorflex. <laughs> you missed out all those years ago. I know. My final know. question. My final question for you, Katie, is about the schedule. What's coming up for you? I looked at on your website, and it looks like you are going to have a busy summer uh, right through the month of, I guess, December. Yeah, um, we're planning to run some more races this year. Kind of, I wouldn't say more, actually, kind of just spread them out and see what comes up. Um, actually, I'm pretty, I don't think we'll be ready for Franklin County in two weeks yet. I think they're still working on getting a car ready. Um, so we're talking about driving or flying down to North Carolina and racing there. Um, just, I'm, I want to get more seat time this year. I know last year we ran a lot of races to get seat time, but I think this year I want to run races and go win while getting seat time as well. Um, so hopefully we can add more races to the schedule. 